you're less likely to have the child who didn't get exposed right. than you are likely to have the child who did. Somebody in drama club sent a link that included and so they're not even like they weren't even looking for it they're in a school drama club chat group yeah. uh, all the people that are a part of that group and some person in that group decided haha this is going to be funny send people all right well welcome to the safety net podcast by arc cyber my name is josh lewis and i am your host and producer and with me is sean artizone who is the founder and ceo of arc cyber and he is the hacker genius brains and heart of the podcast and in episode two we talked about the issue of and just you know the dangers associated with that and just you know, it's being accessed by families and, and different things and, and just kind of like how hard that is. Uh, but also in episode four, this last episode, we also talked about building a culture of trust in your home. This episode, we want to kind of uh, take a slightly different perspective on the whole issue um, and just talk about when it's too late, this all too common situation of when you discover that someone someone in your home has been accessing property, what do you do? So Sean, the first question I have is how common is this? We talked a little bit about this in other podcasts, but how likely is it that someone will access pornography in your in your home? Yeah, uh, that's a, a great question. And coming off of last week's podcast episode, I think I think we needed to do this conversation, yeah. and this is just going to kind of tie in. I know a lot of our the rest of our stuff is going to be about technology and and all that, but there is a high likelihood that someone in your uh, family or house or individual will be exposed to harmful content of some kind, including and things like that. As a matter of fact, a quote from uh, the WLBT uh, NBC affiliate says. Um, they do see little bits of things popping up on kids' computers at school, even in elementary school. Uh, that's a quote from Michelle Worcester, who's the mother of one of the teenagers. And so the likelihood of, of somebody being exposed in, in the home is, is huge, but also uh, what we're seeing is it's happening everywhere. It's not just yeah. happening in the home. Harmful yeah. content, it can be accessed at the workplace, it can be accessed at the schools, it can be accessed at home. Literally, there is no place that is safe from the exposure to that kind of harmful content. And so the the likelihood, it's it's really more of a when than an if. Um, and, and matter of fact, uh, today I was having, uh, I was getting my uh, hair, my hair <laughs> done and, uh, the, the, um, stylist was talking about, um, when she was in high school and they were in the, uh, groups like uh, drama club groups, mm. somebody in drama club sent a link that included. Wow. And so they're not even like, they weren't even looking for it. They're in a school drama club chat group yeah. uh, all the people that are a part of that group and some person in that group decided haha this is going to be funny send to people so it doesn't have to you know come intentionally it doesn't have to you know whatever it's it's very likely especially the the farther down 
you know, the road we go, it's very likely to the exposure is going to happen. So wow. uh, matter of fact, click on Detroit.com. Uh, it's a news article. Common sense. And um, this is our quote. Common sense media survey finds average kids were exposed to uh, was 12 year olds. Um, just in the studies and the conversations we've had a few, a few episodes back. Um, there's six, seven and eight year olds. A lot of times it's maybe not even intentional that the older, you know, child that is uh, using it or discovered it, um, it meant to give it to the younger child. They may have just not known how to get rid of it and the younger child stumbles across it. And so, yeah, the rate, the average age is still 11 and 12. Um, the, the quote goes on to say more than half reported seeing adult content accidentally while clicking on links they didn't realize would lead to and about 41% reported to seeing online during the school day. So this is another news article, not even, a um, you know, same affiliate talking about it happening during the school day. So if you're a homeschool parent or a public school, private school parent, whatever, during the school day, at some point, the reports are coming in saying that the children are being exposed and family members are being exposed during the, during the school day, wow. which is when you'd expect them to be safer. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's a time where they're supposed to be, you know, just learning and yeah. interacting, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daily Mail had a report and a study they published. Um, there's a link uh, to that article. You can read it, um, but they're talking about children as young as eight admitting addictions to internet porn as wow. uh, smartphones and tablets make sexual images easier to find. 70% of teenagers had viewed pornography online. 70%. Goodness. Like the numbers staggering of teenagers uh, have viewed right. it. So Chris over at protectyoungeyes.com, uh, he's got a lot of great resources out there. And he has a statistic on one of his links. Basically, um, the how did first exposure to occur? And he's got um, male and female both um, surveyed in this, in this study. And they're showing that um, initial exposure was accidental for both boys and girls. And furthermore, nearly half of the kids in the study were around at least one another or another child during their initial exposure to children are showing other kids and, or they're watching it happen. Uh, and so the, the number for, for both of their studies on the male and female, uh, 50% for males and over 60% for females, how the, um, the exposure first occurred, whether it was, uh, intentional, uh, sought out or someone else, uh, showed them. So, uh, pretty, pretty significant numbers. I, I think that kind of dispels the idea that, uh, well, it probably won't happen to my kid. Mm. Like probability wise, it actually will. And so it's not something to ignore um, and, and anything like that. So I think you, you've kind of set the stage of, okay, this, this is likely. Mm -hmm. So because it's likely, is there hope? What do you do, especially when this happens? So uh, maybe maybe we'll start with with the question: What do you do when when you discover? Because more than likely, there's going to be a when. Mm -hmm. What do you do if you discover someone has been uh, viewing at some level? Yeah, that's that's actually a, a so unfortunately true statement. You're more likely to have the child you're 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 less likely to have the child who didn't get exposed right then you are likely to have the child who did yeah. uh, just how high the numbers are so kind of what we talked about last week in that 
uh, the previous episode was that culture of trust and, and kind of having that relationship where, you know, um, everybody can kind of come and talk to everybody about things that happen. We use the example, um, you know, about the things that get broken, something gets broken. Nobody's afraid to come and share it. Nobody's afraid to come and tell it because that relationship exists. And we care more about the relationship and the person than we do about the thing that got broken. And in this case, you know, that's a, that's a, a great thing to have in place. Hopefully, previous, you know, to this exposure. Um, but that relationship, uh, is, is, is significant. And so you want to have, have that ability in the household or wherever to have that conversation so that the freedom can, can come to bring that stuff to the light, uh, focus on the family. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of things they have, um, published are some great things They They had a position. I don't know if they still have this position, but they had a position observation and basically they were saying it's okay i in the the generalist mm -hmm. sense um and i i don't necessarily agree with the position on that but what what they what i do agree with is uh they published this great um document basically parenting on their uh, parenting help my kid was exposed to it's a, a link in here in the show notes um, but basically these seven steps are they're they're fantastic and this this is really um, key to kind of what, what do you do next? And so in their first step, basically they talk about pausing and praying. And, you know, if you're a believer, that should be number one, your number one go-to anyway. Um, if you're not, you know, maybe drop the pray part and pause, but really as far as, um, from a believer standpoint, you need to seek God's guidance in this and you need to understand you need wisdom because you're going to, you're going to be now dealing with something that maybe you've never dealt with before. You're going to be dealing with something that is, uh, traumatizing to your child and, and potentially to you because of what they've experienced. And now you have to kind of help them understand and process all of this. Each circumstance is going to be different. And, uh, you know, you need to lean on God's wisdom. And I'm literally quoting from their steps here. Um, because this is, this is very wise, right? You need mm -hmm. to trust the Lord to lead you. Um, if you're not a believer and you know, you don't know really what to do, so you're going to want to pause and not not react to what just happened. Uh, your child has brought this to you in a, or, you know, your family member has brought this to you in a trusting, um, way. And so to react, it's going to shock you. It's going to hurt you. Um, especially if they've been consuming this for a while after the initial exposure, which is what tends to happen. Uh, you don't want to react. You want to kind of, okay, process whatever, which is the second step that they outlined. You want to take the time to internalize the information you've just obtained and you need, you need to be able to just kind of think before mm. the next step that you take. And you're going to have some feelings. You're going to have some, yeah. some very, you know, you, you could be shocked. You could be like, okay, and eh, that might, you, you could be, you know, cavalier. it doesn't matter. You're still going to have to process all that. And you're going to have to help your child process a lot of that. Yeah. And so if you haven't taken the time to process and think kind of through, you know, the questions that are now going to be a part of your life, the, the things that may, you know, come from this, uh, it's, there's going to, there's going to be a lot for you to deal with. Uh, the third step in their list is to protect devices. And we'll get into that a little bit farther down, but that, that could in an immediate situation look like removing the device from the child or from the person to just limit the ability for them to get back into this while you're working through the next steps. Um, we talked about that last week and the, the unintended use, yeah. right? Whether it was intentional, unintentional, unintended use or intentional, unintended use is irrelevant. Um, the unintended use happened. You did not intend 
unless you did, and then maybe there's that's a whole different conversation. Okay. But you did not intend when you gave that device to that person for them to go and use it explicitly. Sure. And intentional or unintentional is irrelevant. You just need to protect the devices by securing them, removing them, removing access just for a season. And then we'll talk about how, how else you can do that to reintroduce that stuff. Um, their fourth step is to communicate. Um, you need to make the initial conversations brief, um, basically according to, to their outline, right? The, the goal of those conversations immediately after the exposure, the prayer, the processing and the protection. Now you need to kind of let them understand, you know, you, you know what they're saying, you hear what it is. You're maybe, maybe even share, you know, a little bit of your own, um, testimony about that. Like, has this happened to you? You understand it can be shocking, you know, brief. You don't want to go too much into a lot because they're still, you haven't processed. Um, but the biggest thing is reminding them that you're on their side, mm. that you're in this together, you love them and you're, you're not like mad or, you know, now I'm going to destroy you because you looked at pornography and whatever you, they need to know that I, I, I brought this and it didn't, they didn't kill me. And right. you don't, you know, you're not, you're not trying to encourage the behavior to continue, you know, if it's intentional and it's been so on. So each, each situation again is unique, but the communication should just be brief and they should feel safe. They should feel yeah. like, okay, I can talk. I can, I can have these conversations. And so that that's good. I, I, I feel like that's like one of the, just as you're, as you're talking because there could be a situation where it's like they didn't bring it to you mm. and like and so that there's a little bit of like it, i feel like it's one thing when the kid brings it to you then it's mm. like while it's still shocking it's like wow you brought it to me that's super cool yeah. that you feel comfortable if you stumble on it then there's also this like deceit kind of thing that you're gonna have to deal with yeah. um but to like always go back to I love you. I am on your side. Um, I like, I, I was talking with my wife about some things with my daughter. And one of the things we realized is uh, if we react to her, mm. then she shuts down because yeah. she is now. And I realized, Oh, I'm the same way. When somebody confronts me with something and they're upset, I generally am dealing with, their upsetness versus yeah. the thing that I did. And so like that, that's just very important to make sure that you're not getting in the way of progress of, of uh, what Christianity, like we call repentance, yeah. ch changing the direction. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think all of that is so huge to remind them that like, you, and it's like to, to an extent you have to let them know, like, this isn't okay, right? This, yeah. this is actually like a bad thing. So it's not like you can be like, oh, everything's just fine, right? right? Like it's no big deal. Actually, it's a really big deal. Yeah. However, there are like you can let them know and however you communicate, you know your kid that you are on their side. Yeah. Even though this is a big deal. So yeah. that's helpful. That, that not, um, you know, having that fear yeah. is kind of what helped keep me trapped. Um, you know, I, I said before on yeah. um, one of the earlier podcasts that I, I got exposed to it when I was 11 yeah. and you know, back then there wasn't the internet. Um, but it was uh, hardcore stuff that was left in my room, hidden in my room, um, somebody else's stash. And so when I 
discovered it, I, you know, there was a, there was a sense of kind of, um, not joy, that's not even the right word, but there was a sense of like, oh my gosh, this is forbidden. Mm. And the, yep. the longer I kept it hidden, the more kind of um, enticing and exciting it became. And then the fear of exposing or getting exposed became overwhelming. It became so uh, powerful. And this is where a lot of um, guy, people, men, women, uh, boys, girls, they get addicted because now the fear of bringing this stuff to the light is so overwhelming. People will think this of me or they will think that of me. The, the statistics show more people are using, consuming, and uh, addicted to than are not. And right. so we're, we're more alike than we're different, and especially in that regard. And so bringing it to the light doesn't do anything but kind of show that everybody, oh, we all have tendencies to commit you know, heinous acts or whatever. We're yeah. all the same. And when you, when you get to that spot where you realize, oh, I'm not a crazy, you know, freak like that is just looking at all this stuff. Um, <laughs> you may be, but it doesn't right. mean that you are like you're, you yeah. don't stay trapped in that stuff. And so that yeah. fear is what keeps everybody bound up in that. Um, you know, having, so having that not communicating it keeps you trapped, keeps you right. stuck in it. So that's even, awesome. even unbelievers are yeah. they are they're doing these you know these month long you know don't don't or you know I don't even know what the term uh, I don't want to say the term but yeah, yeah they 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 have these you know don't do these things and they they realize the addictive nature of that kind of behavior and they realize it can be life consuming and so you don't have to be a believer to be overwhelmed by that control that that desire can have over your life and and not communicating about it brings, brings more chains, brings more shackles, brings more bondage. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is shocking to me. Uh, not shocking. It, it is fascinating to me that whether or not you are religious, you're a Christian, um, maybe whatever you are. So, so many people think that this is actually not okay. Um, that it, 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 it is sometimes, especially with, you know, the growing popularity or the different ways of promoting it now, yeah. um, in subtle ways, not so subtle ways. Um, there, they're actually quite, there is a, an element of like, wow, ev a lot of people agree this is not okay. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. So after you've, uh, prayed, you've, um, what do you call it? Uh, processed. And then you have protected, you've communicated. And now what you should do, and this is right, right off of their, their list of seven, this is step number five is evaluate your boundaries. Uh, so a great example that we don't have TVs in our bedroom. We have one TV that my wife uses in her sitting area, but the rest of the house doesn't have TVs or technology in uh, our TVs in bedrooms. And there's, there's a reason for that. We want our bedroom to be a place where we go to sleep and, mm -hmm. you know, um, for the, you know, the family devices and bathrooms are not allowed. You go to the bathroom, you use the bathroom, you get out. And, uh, now there's, there's a little bit farther where my son has earned the right. And we talked about this in the, the culture of trust. He's earned the right mm -hmm. to have a, his laptop in his room. He's uh, ha earned the right to have a tablet in his room. He's earned the right to have the phone in his room. So at one point, our, we had a harder uh, line of no technology in the bedrooms. Uh, everything gets used in a common open area. Um, 
for us, our boundaries have expanded because uh, it was, it's been proven that uh, the family can thrive in the boundaries we've established. So you may want to say no devices in bathrooms or bedrooms, period, as you work through this process and, and the trust is rebuilt and all that things. Um, you know, maybe leave the devices in the parents' bedrooms every night. Maybe that's a safer step for now. Um, shut off the Wi-Fi, right? If you have the ability like uh, the Griffin the Griffin routers and Circle and some of these other built-in technologies have the ability to just shut the Wi-Fi off with one push. And so uh, if you don't have a router that can do it, some of the other technologies have screen time limits. Um, Apple and Safari, uh, Safari uh, sorry, Apple and um, uh, Android have the ability to uh, do screen time limits. Um, maybe... For a season, you can't leave your child at home alone, right? Because this is when they're acting out. This is when they're going through all of the things and getting into the trouble. Uh, If they have social media apps and this is where the exposure came or the temptation for, you know, I'm just going to look at social media, uh, that rabbit hole that happens, maybe delete social media for a time. Uh, Maybe like we talked about earlier with uh, the hairdresser that was cutting my hair, you know, evaluate the friendships, right? Do I have to be in this this, uh, drama club group? Do I really have to be there to get the information or can I just trust somebody else to give it to me, you know, uh, verbally for a season? Because if somebody's constantly posting inappropriate things in these groups, you don't want to stay a part of that, right? It's not worth it to stay in it. Um, and really just evaluate that kind of stuff. And, you know, what activities maybe triggers, like I said a, a second ago, may, you know, maybe surfing Facebook or surfing YouTube is a trigger or maybe, you know, idle browsing on the internet without a specific purpose. You're just going on the internet to see what's out there. Um, you know, try to avoid those activities and things that can be triggers, you know, maybe, you know, some of this stuff, um, what is the daily routine look like? And so, uh, the boundaries you gotta, and this is important. Uh, you remind your family members, your children, that the boundaries are in place for their protection, uh, not because they're in trouble. Right. Uh, you know, you, you set a, a lock on your door to protect you. It's not because you're a prisoner. Um, people, you know, you have cameras and gates and fences. Those are boundaries to keep the things that you don't want to come in out, mm-hmm. uh, not to keep the things in and most, sure. in most cases. Yeah. So boundaries, evaluate them. Yeah. And that, that's good. The, one of the things I was thinking about I, and the word you said is thriving like you were talking about your family and how you've thrived within boundaries i feel like that that's a huge thing is like the goal isn't i i think uh and you you tell me if you think different but i i almost think like the goal shouldn't only be let's block harmful content let's block the ability for you to access this or whatever i i i it sounds like from your experience, the goal is thriving. I want my family to thrive within these boundaries. There yep. is a a health and, and good that I'm wanting for them that these boundaries help me accomplish as the dad. Yeah. Oh, a lot of the conversations we've had with parents at the homeschool conferences, um, I've heard time and time again that the mom is mom and dad are terrified to let their children use technology because what are they going to click on? What are they going to do? What are they going to end up on? And that, that fear is not unfounded. That fear is real because what happens if they do click on something? What happens if they do type in a wrong word right now, the default internet experience is you land on a hacker, scammer, criminal website. And so the fear is, is, is consuming people. And so the ability to thrive within those boundaries 
is just such a stress reliever because you don't have to worry. Now there's, you know, a hundred percent of risk is never eliminated, right? So risk is always going to be there. Uh, the, the bad guys, the hackers, the scammers and all that, that are the the bad hackers because I'm a hacker, Uh, (laughs) the, they're always evolving, looking for new ways to get around and, and, and just scam and rip people off. And so the hundred percent risk, uh, removal is not a real thing. And so when you can set those boundaries and reduce a significant amount of that risk to make it so that you don't have to worry, you know, did they, did they click on a link? You can't get to the link because the link is a known published hacker scammer site. And those types of content filters prevent you from getting there. You don't have to, uh, one of, one of our friends, um, sent me a, I said, Hey, go to our YouTube channel and like, and subscribe. And her, her comment came back kind of witty and funny. And I was like, well, you know, just, just go do it. And she's, she came back with, well, I don't want to watch your stupid babysit the internet podcast anyway. And I was like, that's, that's pretty funny that the, that's what you're calling it. And it really, the goal is right. Like you said, Josh, it's not to, you know, have to lock down, hunker down, it's to thrive. And those boundaries can help allow parents and individuals to just not have to feel like they're babysitting the internet because Mm. they're in place. And once they're in place, you forget about them. You don't, you're not thinking about it. There's reports that come in every once in a while. If you want stuff like that, there's, there's uh, technology solutions that don't even send reports. They're just in place to keep your, your content access safer. And so, yeah, the, the ability to thrive knowing hey, somebody's watching and somebody's has the ability to see yeah. kind of helps put that in place. And, you know, for example, my son has learned to live well within that, you know, with a YouTube moderate and with um, browser safe searches and with DNS filtering that prevents going to known malicious uh, IP addresses and known malicious domains and things like that. All of that was implemented you know, early on, and he's learned to just live within that. And there's nothing in there that, you know, he's coming. like, dad, I can't use this. Dad, I can't mm-hmm. use that. Right. Um, when we came up with the tagline, the peer protected internet uh, tagline, it was funny because we were trying to think of how to, how to call it. And he did a little like commercial. I was like, do you want your internet pure? Do you want your internet protected? And then he's like, do you want your internet internet? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's actually like, so true because some of these, you know, filters and things that you put in place make, could make the internet unusable right. and people don't want an unusable technology experience. They want a technology experience that they're able to enjoy, yes. use for educational purposes, use for purposes like this podcast right. to make themselves smarter, to make their family safer, to make, you know, the, the so many great things uh, that technology has brought uh, the ability to, to do. And people should be able to use that freely, safely, without the concern of, you know, the, the wild west back in the day, like nobody went to that, that one I was reading about it It was somewhere in uh, Arkansas. Um, how I think Arkansas had that weird, that weird cutout of it. And it's because Mm. like Texas didn't, Texas got resized. So there was like this bad land dead, you know, dead area that all criminals went to. And basically that's the new internet. You know, the internet is like that. The, Mm. it's the the wild, wild west of, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I got a question on the, 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 one of the episodes, um, that basically was like, this is first amendment protected. Do you ah. think, are you advocate for, you know, government regulation and this and that? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the parents, the individuals, you yep. need to set the stuff up yourself. Your yeah. family, 
uh, you take control of that and we're going to help you do it. And so the answer to, to that question, which I actually will you know, answer here, is I'm not advocating big government censorship. I'm advocating families do something because doing nothing is no longer an option. And so right. that's, that's what I'm advocating. You, the individual, you, the family, you take control of your internet experience and you get our hacker services to help you do it. That's what I'm advocating. So mm, that's huge. That, yeah. So person who said that there, yeah. there's Hopefully your answer. Your question. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. you understand we're not, yeah, we're not saying more censorship and destroy the first Amendment. I'm, I'm a U.S. army veteran, you know, the constitution, yeah. I swore to protect and defend it, uh, till, till I die. And right. so I'm a big first amendment, um, advocate, now, now, First Amendment protected speech under, and I think I said this before too, the exploitation of women who yes. feel they have no other choice but to turn to the sex trafficking market because of whatever circumstances, or even the men. Yep. Uh, I, you know, is it protected speech? Is it? Is it really like the exploitation of of a, a you know person at their worst right. and you know in their worst? Chance? I don't think that's protected speech. It's a, yep. it's a freedom for sure. It's a freedom to choose to do whatever you want and and then deal with the consequences of that choice but you know that's a it's a fine line so exactly yeah, I, I love the first amendment love the constitution and i am an advocate for families taking care of themselves so absolutely that's great the government that, gonna do it for you they're not gonna right. do it for you. They don't right care. right they got enough exactly. to deal with <laughs> yes yes that's great okay so i what 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 are other what are some other steps just like a, as we're going through this i think all all that you said in the evaluate boundaries was really helpful and ultimately the bottom line is what you said is just just do something like you've got to do something yeah. and and one of the things you mentioned was um this this is not necessarily a what you do next is maybe not an all time for this is how it's always going to be. Like mm -hmm. you said, AJ has earned the right to have more and more freedom yeah. um, because he's thriving within those boundaries. But uh, really you, you have to do something. You have to like, all right, let's hone on this at least for now until you've earned trust. Yeah. So w once you've kind of established those boundaries and, and evaluated those things, what are some other things you should do next? I love uh, the focus on the family step six, which yeah. is maintain self-care. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're going to have, you're going to be dealing with a lot and it's going to take a physical and emotional and spiritual toll on you. Yeah. And so their guidance is to prioritize your physical, emotional, and spiritual care. Uh, they, they go on to say a healthy parent is more effective, rest, eat well, exercise, take mental breaks, pray and read scripture. And I absolutely love that because so as a believer, if you're not praying and you're not reading, your soul is not thriving. Yeah. Uh, as a human, if you're not eating and nourishing yourself and taking care of yourself physically um, and emotionally, you're not thriving. And so those three things, uh, even, even on, on non-believers agree there, there is a three tier component to every human being, the physical, emotional, and spiritual. And the health of that, of that individual who is now going to have to bring something to help drag other people through this miry mess that is now in their life. Um, if you're not healthy, you know, um, you're not going to be able to, to take, uh, people through very, uh, very well, yeah. uh, a good friend of mine and you know, him, Toby, uh, and I, don't, I won't say his last name, but, uh, <laughs> he is a former seer instructor. Uh, was, uh, you know, basically one of the guys that would, if you were in uh, special ops, you would go to, uh, 
go to Toby's camp mm -hmm. and he would um, take you through the mountains and, you know, you're eating rabbits and this and that. And one of the most impactful things he said to me was before an event happens, you are whatever level of health you're at. That's it. As soon as the event hits, you're stuck at that level of health and at that wow. level of care. And so from a, you know, from a ranger or a Delta or a, you know, military police or whatever for, you know, an operator's perspective, the level of health you're at should be peak and optimal because you don't know when the grenade's going to go off. You don't know when that, you know, teammate's going to go down. All you know is I need to maintain this high level of efficiency. And, and it doesn't get better from that point. If you're not taking care of it, it goes down, it downgrades during the catastrophe. So I may be misquoting it a little bit, but sure. You know, that's yeah. That, that, wow. That is so good. Yeah. The, what, whatever level of health you're at, that that's what's going to happen. And so I, I would say then too, is like, it, it's probably very important for you to think about this ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, because it's like, it's saying maintain, if you're not doing anything right now, well, that's probably a problem. You're going to maintain that level that you're stuck at. Right. Because now right. you're dealing with a crisis on top of trying to maintain. And so if you're at a poor, you know, physical and emotional and spiritual point yep. when the catastrophe comes you're going to be stuck there you know try try you, you're not going to improve until you're on the other side of it for sure you know, you'll go through it so yeah yeah and and as a brief aside too i i would as former youth pastor i'd probably also like i would say like don't neglect your own care yeah. by all means please do that but also make sure that uh you're you're doing this for your child again this is this is not the fix all it is it is a step in the process but make sure you're you're taking care of yourself physically emotionally spiritually and your child yeah that's the last thing you have to deal with during this during the situation <laughs> right yeah, right as many variables as possible exactly yeah. that's great so what what what's this last step number seven yeah, it's, uh, it's find a friend. And so, you know, for, um, for me, it's a mentor, like a spiritual mentor, uh, for, uh, what basically what, uh, focus on the family says is I encourage you to find one confidant, uh, when we disclose our problem to a trusted friend, counselor, pastor, they can listen, pray, evaluate, and offer practical advice when necessary. They share our burden and offer hope. You are not alone. That is one of the things I found most helpful is having people in my life who I can talk to. Uh, you know, I mentioned Chuck Steinmetz before he, you know, he counseled me through the death of my son and mm -hmm. He's a great mentor. He's a, a great person to have in place where I can just reach out to and have that kind of, you know, hey, my family's going through this or, um, you know, this is what we're dealing with right now. If you don't have somebody that, you know, maybe a little more seasoned, a little more mature, a little more, you know, kind of uh, sage, you know, wise, I would encourage you to have that person. And then, you you know, have a peer, uh, a peer or two that you um are kind of, you know, able to, to talk with, but that one confidant that you can just go to and say, Hey, I, I know your advice has gotten helped and done this. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that, um, for use harmful content like that does is, is it grows in silence. It grows in the dark and it just over overwhelms. And they go on actually, I think in their note here to say fee is pervasive, right? It, once mm -hmm. the exposure has happened, the, the likelihood of either curiously looking for more or the re-exposure or whatever 
uh, it's not going to go away. You know, the things that it produces in a person's mind, the enticement, the, the pleasure, all of those things that go along with it, they don't just go away and they have to be worked through, walked through, talked through and kept in the light. Otherwise it'll just keep growing. It'll keep growing. Uh, one of the, the biggest things that I learned when I was um, in that residential program 20 years ago was bring it to the light quickly. The longer you let it sit, the, the, the more you stay in it. And it's, it's every type of addiction, really drugs, alcohol, um, sexual addiction, all of those have the same thing. When the person is hiding it, it grows, it, it thrives. When the person is living in the light and bringing that stuff out into the open, like through whether like an AA program or a, uh, an NA program or an SA program, right? When it's out in the open, a lot of times the person finds way more freedom because they're not, they're not ashamed. They're not hiding it. Uh, and it doesn't have the power over them. So having That's that great. friend, that confidant is, is important. So I love that. I agree that. with yeah. all seven of these steps that, that focus on the family um, published. They're fantastic. Yeah, this, this was a, a very helpful article. And again, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so a, as we wrap up, I'd love for you to talk about um, just some practical steps on protecting devices or, or resources for families as they're kind of thinking through that, that what was it, number five, evaluating boundaries, mm -hmm. and, and number three, protecting devices. Um, what what are some resources? What are some things you would recommend for families? And we'll, we'll put all these in the show notes and we'll have them on screen here if you're watching. So yeah, what, what would be some yeah. of those things? Yeah, this is exactly why Arc Cyber exists. And so, you know, these first few episodes have kind of been introducing us and talking about some things and the coolness and all that, all the, the fun stuff. Um, these last couple of episodes are more about the reality of the impacts and why Arc Cyber even exists is to help you protect your devices. And so if we would be uh, remiss if we did not give you that, that those things that you can do. And so there's, there's three kind of um, categories. There's hardware solutions, there's software solutions, and then there's combo solutions, which are hardware and software solutions. And so touching on some of the hardware solutions, um, you can look at um, like a uh, a solo hardware solution of uh, the, the Velo, um, a Velo is a router. It's a, you can purchase it on Amazon. You can purchase, actually, I think we're an affiliate and you can purchase it uh, from us. Uh, we set it up and we put in place some type of managed content filtering, like, like a DNS solution. It doesn't come with a one natively. Uh, but you know, you get a hardware solution that you can control and put in these protections in place. Um, a lot of people have heard of Unify or ubiquity, TP-Link, any of these routers, any of these basic routers that come that aren't the standard like Comcast Xfinity Spectrum routers. These are aftermarket per uh, consumer purchased uh, Wi-Fi routers that people put in their houses. You can make these changes on your router. The only downside to a hardware solution is when the technology leaves your home, the protection doesn't follow it because it's mm. in your home. And right. so hardware solutions are great for uh, things that can't really walk out of the house, T uh, smart TVs, smart thermostats, smart washers and dryers, smart refrigerators, um, your desktop PCs, things that just can't get picked up and walk out and be used yep. um, that it weren't intended for you know mobile use. So uh, hardware solutions like any of the routers that are available out there. Uh, now, yep. that's, that's great. Now, ju uh, just in case somebody doesn't know what managed content filtering uh, yeah. is, <laughs> what 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 is that? Like yeah, in, so in like five-year-old terms or something. I don't know. At, at its most basic term, it is 
the fil filtering of the DNS request. So it's got to be a pretty smart five-year-old. But <laughs> what uh, you can throw uh, the definition of what DNS is yep. in the uh, show notes as well. But basically, DNS is if if you say to me, uh, "Hey, Sean, come to the Lewis house," yep. because I know you. Uh, I know how to get to your house. The yeah. Lewis house translates to, for me, a physical address and I can get to you. But for everybody watching this podcast, if they don't know you, Lewis house does not convert to an address. So what DNS would do is it would say Lewis house equals this physical address. Now that's a physical you know, thing, but in, in internet terms, if I say go to google.com, I'm saying the name, the internet needs an IP address. It needs an mm. address. And DNS converts google.com into an actual IP number that tells my computer how to get to that computer. And so what, what DNS or managed content filtering does is it at that DNS level blocks everything that is either categorically uh, blocked or specifically website blocked, uh, all different ways you can do some kind of managed content filtering. And we have that, we have that service of our own. Great. So, so you, yeah. yeah, so you can actually prevent devices from accessing certain websites, that kind yep. of thing. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll put, right. That's amazing. And we'll put, uh, the, 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 the stuff Sean just mentioned, as well as the arc cyber managed content filtering service. We'll, we'll put those in the show notes as well. Okay. So that's hardware. Yep. What, what, what about software? Yeah. So the software solutions. So, um, there's there's a thousand of them. Um, a lot of the big names. Uh, one of the ones that I found absolutely amazing is Aura. Uh, Aura has not only does it have parental controls, which are powered by Circle, uh, but it has identity protection. It has a credit lock. It has three bureau credit monitoring. The, their their solution is pretty powerful. And as a you know a cyber guy, I I do want parental controls, but that's one piece of the harmful content puzzle. Identity protection is my stuff on the dark web. Uh, credit monitoring, right? The identity theft and all the stuff that goes with landing on a scammer or hacker site is that whole picture becomes a part of your, now I've got to deal with all of this stuff. And so Aura acquired Circle uh, maybe a year or two ago and brought into, and Circle, you know, if you remember Circle Home or Circle Home Plus or the Disney Circle box, or a lot of people had that little white cube that they put in their house. Uh, Aura purchased and acquired that. And so, their platform has the power of all of those things. So it actually includes, uh, you can get the, the aura home box. Uh, but anyway, it, yeah. So go, if you haven't heard of aura, go check them out. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Mobisip is another one. Uh, this is a, a multi-platform software solution that allows you to install it into multiple types of devices and management, manage it from one, uh, domain, manage it from one place. So whether you have Android, uh, Apple, Windows, doesn't matter, you can install the Mobisip uh, software app on those devices and have that kind of protection across it. Uh, all of these software technologies have the limitations to where they're not made for smart TVs. So most smart mm -hmm. TVs come with YouTube and you can't enforce YouTube safe or YouTube moderate without doing some other type of step. So the software limitation, the, the software only type limitations are there. Another great one is uh, Covenant Eyes. A lot of people have heard of Covenant Eyes and not necessarily for good reasons. I was doing some research on it and it was tied into the, the Duggar family, I believe. Oh, and, uh, and anyway, there was a whole thing on that. But Covenant Eyes, their, their focus is conversational. They, they don't yep. necessarily block everything. 
their point is to allow the person to do whatever they're going to do to be a grown up and make grown up decisions. And when the, the content is then recorded and sent to the accountability partner, that person now is going to have to have a conversation with the accountability partner. They've allowed yep. it to happen. Their, their point isn't blocking it. And, and it kind of ties into what my friend's daughter was saying about babysitting the internet, right? At some point, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to own this and you're going to make a decision and their market is for people who are already in sexual idolatry, sexual addiction. They're not going after the prevention. They're going after the, the cure. They get, you know, mm-hmm. help people come out of this and help people that have already been exposed and really given over to this. And so theirs is more of a conversation with an accountability partner, that confidant, hey, here's my report. Uh, let's talk about it. This week I didn't do so good. And so that's what their tool is. If you're looking for something to pr- protect and prevent completely, uh, maybe Covenantize isn't what you're after, but... Uh, and then, you know, we mentioned before a software solution only is the managed content filtering that we have. So that's great. That's great. Are there any, uh, other, so you, you said so we got the hardware, we got the software yeah. you talked about maybe a combo hardware, software solution. Yeah. What, what are some things people could look at there? Yeah. So one of the, um, the greatest ones I've found from a, a combo hardware and software solution is the Griffin routers. Uh, so, so good. I actually went and bought stock in the company. They had a, they had an investment round that opened a couple months back. And I was like, this is, this is great technology because what Griffin does is they, they not only do they provide the parental control aspects, but they've built in cyber tools into their, into their platform. And so you can Google like what an Nmap scan is and things like that. The Griffin technology has some pretty neat cyber aware technology built into this thing. So not only are you getting, you know, the ability to shut the internet off with one click or set age appropriate profiles for your children, and you also get built in cybersecurity tools. And they have, if you pay for their premium subscription, they have a password manager and they have what their app is called homebound, which essentially is a VPN that VPN gives you VPN access to your Griffin router. All of your technology is going, all of your um, internet experience on your mobile devices is now going through a secure VPN through your home router. So no matter where you are in the world, it looks wow. like you're Wow. So their technology is pretty impressive. And That's so good. Should we say? We Let's have a- do it, man. Let's do so it. On the next episode, we're going to actually be interviewing John Wu, the CEO of Griffin, uh, the co-founder awesome. and CEO of Griffin. So very excited to hear his story, why he created it, Griffin, how he came up with it. He invented, uh, co-founded and invented the, the MiFi, the hotspot, right? So that, that's who we're going to be talking to next from a technology standpoint. This guy is top tier. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. Griffin routers. If you have not heard of them, you go check it out. GriffinConnect.com slash ArcCyber. That'll get you a, a discount. And I think if you use ArcCyber 10, uh, that'll get you uh, $10 off of your Griffin if you want one. So a little plug for them. Uh, Bark Home is another home technology. It's a router device you buy from Bark, and it, in, it, it includes um, all of the parental control platform stuff built into the technology. So it'll protect your, your smart TVs, your um, Internet of Things devices in your home. You can then enable the Bark Premium subscription, which then gives you that Bark app, which goes on all of the other mobile devices that can leave the home. So Bark has done a great job with their technology. And if you have family members that want to use social media, 
you want to limit on uh, keyword and content. Bark's platform is phenomenal for this. Uh, it allows the, the family to use social media and monitor all different kinds of things. So their platform is absolutely fantastic. Um, the, the, the one thing I've really discovered is right now there is no cookie cutter solution for everybody. Everybody's mm. use case varies so much that, you know, maybe you've looked into Griffin, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't do the things that you need. Go for the bark. If you've looked into bark and you're like, eh, we don't use social media much. We just want to protect and prevent man. Griffin is for you. If you, you know, you're like, ah, you know, whatever you, I just need DNS filtering so that I can't accidentally click a link and land on a scammer site. Maybe the managed content filtering, you reach out to us. We help you figure out how you can protect these devices. One you, you, for your family, for your scenario, for your, what mm. we call in the, you know, in the business as a use case, your use case is different than the next family, than the next family, than the next individual. And we help you uh, fix that use case so that it l looks like what you expect it to for your family. So. That's awesome. That yeah, that's huge. I think, um, yeah, really. If you are not aware, like if if you have not visited arccyber.com, if you have not contacted Sean to uh, get some of that custom cyber expert support and figuring out how how should I set up my stuff based off of my family makeup and all that, you really should go to arccyber.com. Please do that. Um, again, that, like he said, not once, not one single solution is going to be the right thing for everybody. So to be able to have somebody like Sean and the team figure out, okay, what exactly is going to be best for you is key. So go to arccyber.com, uh, click the free consultation uh, link at the very top, and it'll take you to uh, a form to fill out, and now get the process rolling. I also want to just remind people, Arc Cyber is a crowd-funded organization. So this this free consultation only happens because people like you donate and support it. So would you please consider going to arccyber.com forward slash PIF. The link's in the show notes um, and at the top of the banner um, as you go to arccyber.com. This is really how this podcast happens. It's how uh, we have a ethical ha certified hacker able to help families secure their devices. Um, so please, if you would consider paying it forward, you can do it monthly, you can do it one time, you can do it any amount, but would you please consider doing that? Um, also, just a quick plug for something Sean and I have cooking up in the next several episodes. So like Sean said, we have John Wu from Griffin. That's going to be the next episode. We're super excited about that. Um, I, I, yeah, just in talking with him and, and different things, or I, I'm getting super excited. But also in another upcoming episode, Sean is going to do, and if you're listening to this on audio, we'll put in the show notes, but you're really going to want to watch the YouTube version where we walk you through how to actually secure your iPhone. And Sean's going to do a demo and it, it's, it's stupid easy. It is super easy. It is crazy awesome. And he's going to show you exactly how to do it, not just verbally, but actually on his phone show you. So we have a bunch of cool things coming up. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. But again, visit arccyber.com, spread the word, like, share this episode, and be sure to subscribe. 
And as always, Arc Cyber, this this podcast, the Safety Net Podcast, is all about helping you have a safer, safer internet experience. And we hope to see you on the next one. Just do something. Do nothing. It is no longer an